0: Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Liam, co-host of the podcast you're about to listen to. Um, so Jordan and I are busy right now with other things. You know, I I have family commitments. He has his own thing. So with the release of the new Dune Part 2 trailer. I decided why not dip back into the old vault and give you guys an episode we recorded March of 2022, which um we recorded this on Oscar night and it's quite funny cuz that was the night Will Smith basically destroyed his career in a wild outburst, but we didn't know that at the time, so there will be no mention of that. In this episode, we are talking about Dune, and we'll be talking about pretty much everything from the Frank Herbert novel, the two films by Lynch and Villeneuve, but also our personal opinions of Frank Herbert, which are not good. We'll just say that much. But uh, also, I would like to apologize pre-advance. Some of the audio on this episode is pretty rough. Um, We were recording on a really potato-esque equipment. And I'll admit I'm not the best editor, and I don't have the old materials to uh, properly fix it. So you're going to have to, unfortunately, deal with there. You'll know them when you hear them, and I apologize. But I think the content of this episode is still fun enough to uh, warrant it. The new feed. So without further ado, let's have some fun. Um. I'm Liam here with Jordan, and unfortunately not with us today. Which, uh, yeah. But hey, what are you gonna do?
1: Yeah, he's he's busy doing uh, gay behind-the-scenes stuff. Also, he doesn't like uh, what we're about to talk about. I tried to peer pressure him into uh, into watching the movie, and he's like, Nah. I got my
0: sister to watch this.
1: Like, (laughs) come on! If
0: my fucking sister will watch fucking dude. Granted, she did it mostly because that 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 girl with the Z, yeah. whatever, her she's in Spider-Man, she's in that HBO show that Twitter will not stop fucking making me uh, know exists, that's probably why, but uh, yeah, uh, we're just gonna jump right into this, um, uh, we're recording this on Oscar night, which <laughs> maybe one person in our audience will give a shit about, but uh, yeah, um, we're gonna cover the, really the only best picture winner I think anyone has actually seen right now.
1: Uh, Dune! Yes, yeah, uh, I've, I've, I've seen like half the Oscar nominees, and this is like the only vaguely interesting one. Yeah, <laughs> That's so the the uh, the gay cowboy movie. Or, like, yeah,
0: Jane Campion knows reasonably. exactly how to make a great gay movie. I mean, come <laughs> on. In the cut? Jesus, uh, that movie's... Uh, a, uh, I love that movie's finally getting some recognition. Because I used to be like, like a champion for that movie for years, and now I'm like, yes! But, uh, yeah, we're covering uh, Denis Villeneuve's Dune, the second cinematic adaptation of Frank Herbert's 1965 novel of the same name, which, fun fact, uh, if you... uh, Dune is probably the only novel I've ever actually read personally that comes with a glossary that I think is the first couple pages of the book because some of it is so incomprehensible the first time you read it.
1: Yeah, this is, like, one of the first books to do something like that because it's if you've never read dune it's this weird of like star wars and islam it's <laughs> it's fucking nuts pretty like much trying to sum up dune trying to sum up dune for like anyone who hasn't read it is nigh on impossible yeah um, like, you have gotta give it a decent try here
0: it's it's yeah this is one of the things about this movie um it's i will say this quickly but i do want to talk about the lynch film a little bit because i know I find it very interesting, less as a Dune adaptation and more as a weird footnote in Lynch's career, because it was, it was a movie that, the, when he was making it, he was offered Return of the Jedi by George Lucas, which he turned down. But there's some fucked up alternate universe where Dune, his Dune was actually successful, and he took the Star Wars job.
1: Yeah, You ever seen the uh, the lunch interview with that? he's talking about meeting with George Lucas at some restaurant.
0: <laughs> I did. That is something great. He just said, this guy's an idiot. I don't want to fucking work with this dude.
1: And and then he showed me the Wookiees. And I was like, what is that? (laughs) He he took me to a restaurant but they only served salad.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. That's amazing. That's what I love about David Lynch. He'll make fucking Eraserhead, but (laughs) Wookiees is too much for him to understand.
1: Yeah. He'll make fucking Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. Holy fuck the Death Star as a concept that's, like, too, like, (laughs) weird for him. Oh,
0: I love, that's why we love
1: him. I I would like to love in the alternate universe where we get, like, like, Return of the Jedi followed by Blue Delver. That would be such a fucking, amazing double bill.
0: I I don't know if, like, because people always like to joke how fucked up his Return of the Jedi would be, but honestly, if he did direct it, there might have been some weird, um visual est- quirks of his but it probably would have been like like with dune there's a lot of studio people looking over lynch's shoulder which is probably why he hated working on it so much
1: yeah this is the only film that lunch is pretty much disavowed. he will not talk about it yeah and because it's because it's not like david lunch is doing it's dino de Laurentiis is doing
0: yeah yeah dino i think even dino i saw a great interview where he admitted that the so the original cut was three hours and uh, Dino had to cut down to two, and then in retrospect mm. was like, "Yeah, that was probably a bad decision."
1: Yeah, because um, there is a like quote-unquote director's cut uh, you can watch it on YouTube, deleted scenes like stapled onto the rest of the movie, and it's it's more like coherent narrative-wise. But it's still like not a great movie.
0: No, it's it's one of those like, other than some really inspired visuals, uh, there's really not much to it. It's it's yeah, unfortunate it's, uh... because, as I said, there is some there is some interesting stuff there. Uh, Sting in that fucking role <laughs> is just phenomenal. That is gold casting, man. <laughs>
1: The, the the fucking casting in that movie it's um it's Kell like first big movie
0: yeah
1: uh and and to do yeah. like something like that is fucking like, insane to do
0: Paul Atreides you know which is such an insane character desire. such an insane character to play like because he basically turns into space uh, Osama bin Laden by <laughs> the end of it like they actually tease that in the new film which I'm really fucking hope with that second film that they're gonna do they really get into how Fucking nuts! The second half of that book is.
1: Ah uh, man, yeah, that's that's a problem of trying to adapt. June it's so like long and it's overly complicated. uh David Lynch's version, I know there's like um, like a TV version, like a two-part TV version that lunch hated so much. She got like Alan Smithy in the director's credits. Yeah. And- yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah good. I heard Rushdie about that,
0: which, uh, I mean, Jesus. You know, I, I'm blown yeah. away, just hate to go off topic, I'm blown away that worked as long as it did. Because, I mean, you look at, like, Alan Smithy, like, the, <laughs> the films that was used on. You have, like, Hellraiser 4 uh, and fucking Dune. Like, you have really weird movies, and I would love to know if uh, people were, like, how how, when people started to realize that this name was... I don't know, but it, it's funny to me. It's very funny yeah. when you read the list of films that the Alan Smithy name is on.
1: Hellraiser uh, 4 is probably my favourite Alan Smithy um, yes. I guess of it, because much like *Dune*, it's very much the director comes in with all these intentions and then the studio um, yep. Miramax in that case like, yep. fucks the director over yep. and um, it's like, yeah. Remember folks, Harvey the
0: Weinstein was a piece of shit way before all the other stuff came out.
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
1: But, uh, the more yeah. things change; the more they say the same. Exactly. Although saying that, there is a like work print of Hellraiser Four on YouTube, which is mm-hmm. basically like the deleted scenes pasted onto um, the theatrical one, and it's actually not that bad. It's like I don't know if it's still there, but it's basically like um, if you've ever seen like the legend cut of Exorcist Three. It's basically that. It's, it's actually
0: really interesting. I might have to look into is, that.
1: It's still not a good film, but it's like way better than. I Robert mean, comparing a, a Hellraiser sequel,
0: comparing a Hellraiser sequel to Exorcist three, that that catches my <laughs> attention. That's like, okay, maybe we have something here. Like, yeah. I think Paul
1: Rudd's in it too. That.
0: Someone's in it, I think. Uh, no. Some famous uh, actor is in it that I don't. I think it's. It's not coming to me right.
1: It's uh, not. It's not Paul Rudd. I think. Um, like Halloween Six is his first big movie. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's as someone in Halloween Four. Um, God, what's his face? Like Adam K from Parks and Rec or Jeez. something. I don't fucking. Adam know. Scott. Been... That's who it is. Hey, Adam Scott. That, that's that's it, who's yeah.
0: in Hellraiser Four, which is uh, that's a weird. Man, that's fucking. I, yeah, that's a weird ass fucking. Thing, but enough, uh, enough of bullshit, um, shitty horror sequels. No one watches. Uh, yeah. Let's get into. We're gonna re- talk about good film. We're gonna talk about a fucking great film. Uh, so we're gonna talk about. We have to bring up uh, David Lynch's film, but we're really here to talk about the Dennyville new film from this last year, which um, wow. So I have a story to tell. I it was the first movie I saw in IMAX. Uh, before oh, yeah. Tenet, I like it. Like after Tenet, I didn't go to the theaters. I didn't see any IMAX movies, and I remember sitting there watching this and looking for a volume button on my seat that didn't exist. <laughs> it was so goddamn loud, and I remember demanding that you go see it at IMAX. I'm like, you need to see this movie in the format. It is unbelievable.
1: Uh, I've seen this film about five times. Uh, three of those times in the cinema in very different formats. The second time was IMAX. I went like it took me like an hour uh commute into Edinburgh into one of our like very few IMAX cinemas uh just to see it. And man, it's it's one of my Dave favorite pennies. fucking movies. Oh hell yeah, yes, yeah. it's one of my favorite um like experiences. Of course, the cinema because <laughs> the last IMAX film I saw was dark night like and that was fucking years ago yeah i was never like big into imax but june is like some movies use
0: it way better than others that's always been the rule like uh, chris nolan's films are really worth seeing but like that film and one of the things i love about that screening is how certain shots the aspect ratio blows up to one nine and it's the most like you really soak it in and i think um uh, Villeneuve's last uh, last film, Blade Runner to two thousand forty nine. The whole thing was on one nine, which was crazy. Oh, like it was to see that movie with the fucking black bars completely cut off, but with the same. It was amazing, absolutely yeah, fucking, fucking incredible.
1: I, I fucking wish I saw it because I saw it in regular screening, and even then, it I'm looks fantastic fucking great, but IMAX would have been great. Oh, yeah. But uh, Dune even... I've seen Dune both uh, in IMAX and regular cinemas and, like, just on my normal TV, and each time it looks fucking great. I, I, like, know I was it. surprised how good the, uh, like, Blue ray transfer was.
0: Yeah, I have it on 4K, and I watched it in 4K. Hell, yeah. One of the things I loved about it was... Uh, it's the same thing I had with Blade Runner, even though I'm not watching it on a huge screen. It's still like it has a different feeling when you watch it on a smaller screen. like there mm. are certain things you notice in quieter scenes that like you didn't notice because you're so embraced by the spectacle you don't notice like smaller details and that's something yeah. that I love about well, especially Villeneuve as a director he's so good at he's so great at directing big spectacle but he he never loses sight of like finer details yes. make everything.
1: Yeah, and that's like really pivotal to June. It's it's half like grand psychedelic spectacle and half like two characters talking to each other. Exactly. Yeah. And, and he fucking it's a fine line to toe, and he toes it pretty well, yeah. I thought.
0: I think yeah, because he's uh, and he's he's such a weird career. Cause you know he's from Canada, so I kind of uh, really proud of that we have someone other than David Cronenberg who's like an internationally <laughs> known guy. But uh, the films he made before, like, cause he got big when he did *Prisoners*. That uh, I don't oh. know if you saw that, the Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal movie about kidnapped children. It's a really yeah. bleak movie. It feels like more like a, a Clint Eastwood film than a than anything by Villeneuve but yeah, like Paul or
1: basically like playing like oh, know, social rub
0: Jesus Christ that, <laughs> yeah. and that that scene when he's fucking when Hugh Jackman's attacking him with that hammer that's the stuff of fucking nightmares yeah, but yeah. uh yeah no other things is like he was known before that like he did dark character dramas he did a movie about polytechnique in Canada which is about the big of the big it was basically our Columbine uh, the proto-incel in the 80s went to a, a college and shot 13 women and then killed himself. Yeah. And that film, it was shot in black and white. It's, I think, it's his debut. And it's like one of those movies that, like, I always tell people: if you're a fan of Val you have to watch this because it's, oh, yeah. it just shows how good he is. With even like, even when he makes like a big movie like Dune, you see something with Polytechnic, like, man, this guy could make a good movie with any
1: amount of money. I know Dune was a passion project for him, yeah. but it's one of those projects that like. It's hard imagining a studio pumping money into it because it is such a fucking weird idea. I think
0: well, it blew my mind that he announced that because uh, people forget, Blade Runner 2049 did was a bomb. Uh, it lost yeah. like $85 million for Warner Brothers. No. It was not a successful movie. So I yeah. was like, he's going to make Dune? Oh, he's going to get blacklisted. <laughs> he's never going to make a big budget movie again. But, uh... It being so successful, I feel I feel like he's he's safe.
1: Oh, uh, oh, like three times I saw it in the cinema. Uh, like the house is packed. It was it was really hard to get fucking seats. Like I was amazed how many people were actually interested in stuff. Right? I think it was, it was the, the cast.
0: cast that was the big draw mm-hmm. of it because that's why my sister watched it. The cast alone in this film, you read off those names, it's ridiculous how many people. And I think it was a combination of, you know, this is a big movie, and also the fact that this motherfucker has the balls to try to adapt Dune. I gotta do this. I gotta be a part of this.
1: Dune is one of those things where I can, like, it was, like, David Lynch's like, one and only big Hollywood movie before he just said, nah, fuck, yeah. I'm gonna go make Blue Velvet. There's something... I'm to... gonna do that. They're gonna go to, to peaks for the next day. God, Most
0: of the same crew on Dune worked on Blue Velvet. Uh, I think
1: right. of
0: the same cinematographer, maybe the same editor, but yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But uh yeah, uh yeah, the, the, the cast alone in this is is absolutely fucked. I, I do love the fact that there seems to be a running theme these days with um casting really pale, creepy-looking dudes to be your protagonist in big budget Warner Brothers movies now.
1: Yeah, I was kind of fucking, like, miffed about uh, Twink of Fischal, uh, casting and I was like, yeah, yeah, this fucking this Twink can't play Paul it is And then first time I saw it, I was like, no, he, like, he fucking did. Well, he understands, he, he
0: so gets the character what Paul is. He's a weird socially awkward son of fucking multi-billionaires, you know, <laughs> who control... A whole like like his like he understands like I feel like he's read the book he's definitely read the book and yeah.
1: he's he's really gleamed on that he knows that Paul was such a, like a little weird teenage boy that uh, that's like he's basically playing himself
0: and I just love some of the casting as well selling Skarsgard as the Baron is just oh, one of those like everything went right here every position here
1: was perfect <laughs> My absolute favorite fucking like mid-paced moment <laughs> was when Stellan Skarsgård comes up Yeah, the Gina uh, bath. Oh my god! And it's, oh. it's so fucking quiet, and then he just <laughs> emerges covered. <laughs> uh, <it's... laughs> like,
0: every scene with Stellan Skarsgård is 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 weird and awesome because we He's
1: fucking <laughs> gross, like
0: man. in the in the Lynch film, the Baron is portrayed like a slob. He's like fucking covered in shit. He like sexually assaults someone at one point.
1: <laughs> Yeah, he harasses a twink to death from like, his opening fucking yeah, scene. Yeah,
0: but, like, Skarsgård plays him like a mob boss. It's such a fun, like, and Skarsgård is completely into it. He is putting his all into the, that scene where he starts floating in the air, and he's like, My raucous, my <laughs> desert, my dune. It's like... yeah. Every time he I, floated I, I couldn't stop laughing because for yeah. some like here he's just, it, you have this actor who's being genuinely intimidating. He's scary as shit. And then he starts floating across the dinner table to kill the job <laughs> the doctor. It's such a weird like it's yeah, it's it's a weird it's, performance but it's so like I man he's only in for 10 minutes and he steals the whole movie.
1: Fucking crap. I know I'm um he wanted to be naked in it. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if it's like, nah, we, we can't do that. Dude, who, <laughs> who would want
0: to see the Baron's dick and balls hanging out? Uh, Hell yeah.
1: God, that's, that's what's so interesting, Um, uh, character-wise, going from the book to the movie, is um, if you've ever read during the Book, the Baron and that is basically like a homosexual rapist. Yeah. He has like a thing for fucking his own like nephew and grandson, and... That is uh, very interestingly not in this movie. He's he's a fucking monster, but he's not like a rape monster. But- which probably again boils down to the fact that Frank Herbert is a homophobic piece of shit. Yeah, got- yeah a lot of people forget that.
0: You um, know, oh yeah, Frank, Frank Herbert, Herbert uh, was massive piece of shit. deeply, deeply
1: homophobic and
0: racist. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's like which um, is so
1: fucking weird because. Dune is basically, like, the way he treats the Fremen and that is so, like, it's, it's so weird, but also, like, kind of respectful as well.
0: Yeah. It's, 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 I think it's, I think, again, it's like when John Milius did Red Dawn, it comes yeah. less from the, the, the culture and more from the parts of the be- the culture that are bad that Frank Herbert is really into.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so fucking weird. It's like the, uh, the politics of this movie, you have the, uh, like, the competing uh, old European dynasties, like the Harkonnens, or basically the Habsburgs, like, this deranged fucking inbred family that, like, runs most of the universe for some reason, and then you have, like, the noble tragedies, who are supposed to be, like, ye olde European monarchy, and it's, mm-hmm. and, uh, what I liked about this movie was, um, yeah, Zendaya's opening, where she's basically like, it doesn't matter who is in charge of this planet. They're like evil fucking colonizers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fuck all these people. <laughs> and then he gives the the fucking job of continuing his universe to Brian Herbert. Oh, who if you've read like any of his novels, he cannot write for this shit. Poor, he's poor so poor fucking, fucking
0: bastard. Like I feel I, he's. More I feel mean.
1: bad for him. I do too. He's like, yeah, he's like the reverse Christopher Tolkien. Or like, uh, uh, J.R. Tolkien's son is, like, actually talented and knows how to continue his dad's work. Brian Herbert has no fucking clue how to. And he loves, and he
0: always said when he was writing that, like, it's based on my dad's notes, where if you actually know anything about Frank Herbert's writing style, I don't believe for a second that they're based Uh, on any notes.
1: I think it's Hunters of Dune is the like final dune book in the series there's absolutely no fucking way like brian herbert would have ended what's
0: the one that's uh, basically but... the terminator
1: uh so uh, there's like 69 fucking dune novels there's like two prequel series the very first prequel series was like is set in the, the far past and like it's the butlerian jihad which is basically the terminator uh it's fucking killer machines and all this dumb shit Shit. it's terminator jihad like giant machines and like proper star wars space battles and all that shit and and if it wasn't dune it would probably be like like, decent sci-fi series probably be a cult favorite i feel
0: like...
1: like yeah oh yeah yeah but it's like this has nothing to do with you know, like, what, what Frank Carver. And I want. feel
0: so bad for Brian because I want to know what he was like at the premiere of the of this movie. Like how bad he must have felt watching that. My dad from beyond the grave is, still hates me.
1: Uh, and this he, french probably... canadian
0: asshole did a better job with my dad's work than i did
1: than i did yeah and that's probably what i thought because i know um he was like a quote-unquote executive producer for yeah, this movie yeah he what, is what which that is... term means and yeah. it's like he's probably sitting there thinking to himself there's madness." This... This French Canadian knows my dad's works better than he, I do. He probably oh, went back well. to his
0: hotel and contemplated just taking a whole bunch of fucking painkillers. <laughs> I feel like because that would break me if I realized, man. Yeah. Like it's it. I I feel bad for him, but I you know because he did not want to write those books.
1: He was oh, forced He not. was
0: forced to. He literally. Your last name's Herbert. Your dad's a hugely successful writer because he wrote like Herbert wrote more than just Dune. He wrote like a bunch of other. Weird series of books, as well as a bunch of non-fiction entries, as well.
1: Yeah, he was a, a fucking oceanographer before he went off to go write Dune, wow. which is why his um, his like geographical terms are so like spot on, even though it's like high sci-fi. Yeah. Um, like the the way he describes uh, Arrakis, the desert planet, is like something of a fucking David Ambra uh,
0: Oh yeah. You brought up David Lean. There's also a lot of like, we, especially with the new film, the Danny Villeneuve film. There's so much weird. Like, I feel like David Lean was a big influence, especially because there are shots that would be completely in place with like Lawrence of Arabia. Oh yeah. The long takes, the the use of like the the sun obscuring views. It's there's so much like that's the things I love about the 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 new film, the Villeneuve film, is even though it is this. Big budget modern blockbuster. It feels like a classic Hollywood movie. Has this yes. this sense of like like a classiness that most big budget movies don't have these days. Like you see a Marvel movie, and they're all yeah. basically glorified television productions.
1: Yeah, basically. They shoot on a fucking like,
0: soundstage. There's really no sense of scale to any of it.
1: There's both highly um, special effects driven. Whereas like the Marvel stuff, just there's no like real, there's no real like passion put into those movies. Whereas for a villainous dude, I know that was that was something he wanted to do for a while, and we we could have got it earlier because Blade Runner Two was yeah. such a massive fucking bomb. It's unfortunate, Zabler.
0: yeah. And uh, yeah, no, that's that's the thing about this movie. It made me think of like Fury Road, just to go back to the idea of like <laughs> blending practical filmmaking heavily practical filmmaking with special effects in a way that feels organic
1: yeah because he, he basically did what david lunch did like go off to a desert in mexico and and have like real physical sets but then just adds like a cgi thing on top of it yeah whereas the problem with marvel films is like it's the same as the Star Wars prequel cool, so that it's basically just... Yeah,
0: the whole thing's on green screen
1: and it just... Yeah, unfolds. yeah, and it just doesn't feel real. Yeah, but no. What was that fucking um... Did you ever see that um... That bit from the new Spider-Man movie? Where it's the guy from fucking uh... Grand Budapest Hotel and he's like... He's like standing in a street. I saw the picture. Street.
0: Yes, I saw the picture, and it's yeah, it's, it's striking. Is this a it's, guy
1: standing in a street, and it's fucking green screen for some reason? Like they couldn't, you couldn't just
0: like fuck, man. You're in L.A. <laughs> you could go film it like any street now. Michael Bay just shot a whole movie in L.A. right now under COVID, so you have no fucking excuse.
1: Yeah, there's there's generally no excuse. like it's, and, it's probably more expensive. Fucking like. Getting the actor behind a green screen to do. It. I think it is. is. You got
0: to <laughs> you got to pay oh, yeah. fucking like artists to build that shit. It, yeah. It's it's frustrating, right. and that's why it's the fact that we're praising a movie like Dune because it has actual sets is really depressing state to say statement of the current yeah, understanding yeah. of cinema. <laughs> but um, yeah,
1: it's um, as we're recording this, it's Oscar night, and um, like. Dune probably isn't going to walk away with best movie. And, it will
0: like, probably, I'll probably get leave.
1: fucking best special effects and maybe costume best design definitely. The as fucking insane. Oh man, the that, that first
0: sequence when they get off the ship and uh, you have like people in fucking fish bowls for heads and
1: and uh, they I like
0: how they keep a lot of the the Middle Eastern influences <laughs> intact as well. Like the lady yeah. Jessica when she's dressed up when they go to. Um, arrakis for the first time the way she's dressed up yeah no, very like that
1: is fucking wild yeah, uh,
0: costumes man. um maybe score but i wasn't a big fan of the Hans zimmer score mm-hmm. in this i have honestly not been a fan of Hans zimmer's for a long time ever since he built chris nolan uh something happened i think he's deaf now yeah honestly. no
1: every one of his scores sound like a fucking for, uh... like
0: dubstep song
1: yeah it's all those fucking blams he had to do for uh for dark night Yes. yes. That's probably. His, uh, I think his... my favorite Zimmer score of recent years is Kung Fu Panda 3. Like, <laughs> just fucking dumb kids, maybe. <laughs> no, no, it's... just. No, it's... I, uh... I'm being serious. Yeah, the, I know, you're being serious. The score to Kung Fu Panda 3 that... is fucking great. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's, I... it's way
1: better than fucking, like, any of the Batman shit.
0: His, uh, his score for No Time to Die, particularly the last uh, song on the album, is actually very good. Because there's a lot of, like... There's a lot of influence from uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service on that, so uh, it's actually a really good score. It's uh, and it's it's so weird to listen to that and then listen to Dune and like, yeah, I will say this: Dune is not like it, the score is not as overtly bombastic as his Nolan collaborations, but I still was not that impressed with it. The whole there are scenes of this movie that are just so. This is this movie has like a vision that so many big budget movies don't have anymore. The scene when we're uh, we're introduced to the um, the tribe of killers. What are their names again? The Sardaukar. That the, whole... the fucking
1: opening uh, scene with them just fucking milking people is holy oh, uh,
0: shit! Um... Like guys throat singing and they're baptizing soldiers with blood (laughs) and it's like Uh, this is like this is an 80s metal album this whole fucking sequence
1: i'm so fucking glad i didn't um like read anything about this movie before going into it because some of the scenes like the sardau card introduction where it's um where you have the throat singing you've got the fucking Ceremonial sacrifices and bloods is like, <laughs> it's one of those fucking moments that like just it it's... still sucks out in there
0: Oh, the, the scene that got me was when they all get up in unison after the throat singing uh, stuff. Yeah. That like synergy is like, damn, this movie fucking rules. And the other yeah, scene that got yeah. the other scene that got me that like that was the scene where they attack the compound, and the palm trees are in the foreground as the fucking place burns.
1: Yeah, Batista is fucking great... beheading people. Oh,
0: my God. I wanted more Dave Batista in this movie. That was my first thought. Because that whole. His intro, he's such a prissy little, like, fucking loser. He's wearing eyeliner and he's like, how could they take
1: everything we built? Dave Batista is such an interesting character, because he'll, he'll appear in your movie for about five minutes and. He's fucking great. Oh, he's in Blade
0: Runner two for about five minutes. That whole scene. He's so good. He's wearing like, these little glasses. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: He was in, He's in. Uh, he's he's a character actor. I think he's he's found a really great niche for himself in the sense yeah. that like, he's he knows he's never like. I'm not interested in being like the main draw, like yeah. other wrestler actors want to be. I want to be like the dude because he's gonna be like in Knives Out two. Next, this year, he's going to be in um, M. Knight's new film, which I think oh, yeah. M. Knight's going to get something really interesting out of him. Because M. Knight's in that weird period of his career where he's basically accepted, I'm glorified Roger Corman now. <laughs> so, fuck it. Because <laughs> I don't know, you didn't see old, but old is... I'm one of the few people who dug that movie. That movie's weird as shit in, like, all the interesting ways.
1: So it's just the premise. Oh, like, nah, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna go my way to,
0: to No, you, it. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's The, the it's last not ed, like,
1: I saw was, um, this fucking grass. Yeah, grass was, like, nah, was very underwhelming. I was very in. disappointed with yeah. that <laughs> <would've laughs> but uh, man. It'd be interesting to see, um, when, like, part two of this comes out. I think it's next year. I think I it's 2030. I think Wednesday. they,
0: they're gonna shoot it this year, and then it's gonna be released next year.
1: It's, it's going to be interesting to see um a film of continues of the series, because fucking, like, stuff like God Emperor of Dune is... I mean, if, if you think Dune's fucking weird but until you see, like, the God Emperor one just, just mincing around with his fucking, like, little fancy lad accent.
0: Just half the... Oh. Just thinking about half, like, again, the shit that's not in this film. I can't wait for people who've only seen Dune to then watch part two with when all the weird shit happens and what their reaction is going to be.
1: Yeah, the psychedelic LSD show. Oh my god. Which is, which is vaguely touched upon in this movie. A little like, bit, uh, yeah. That yeah, like, the, the, like The scene
0: where it really hits the apex is the scene where they, he puts his hand in the box. Yeah. That whole sequence is just insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love, uh, okay. J- by the way, my favorite part is, uh, they, the way they kill Jason Momoa in this movie, <laughs> knowing, uh, yeah, he's, knowing in the, it's that, a matter of fact but like uh, knowing what will happen this. in the second half of this is so funny to me, yeah, the way true. that scene was built up, like, oh man, this is going to be, yeah. that's why I think that part two is going to be incredibly divisive when it comes out for people wow. who have only seen the film and have not actually read the book.
1: Yeah, I I tried explaining the Duncan Idaho character to a friend of mine <laughs> recently, who had who had like never read Dune before. He'd like seen the movie, but had no idea how fucking that character pans out. And by the time I got to like Dune five, when it's like <laughs> the, the hundred Duncan Idaho clone, he <laughs> thought I was fucking with.
0: I'm sorry, laughing because uh, yeah, that's 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 how weird. It, seriously, I really want like. Read an audiobook of Dune, even if you've never read it, because it is such a... It's such a fucking... Like, there's that great meme that came out when the film was coming out. George Lucas is like, don't use drug, kids. And Frank Herbert's like, do drugs, kids. They're
1: awesome. Yeah. I I, I think... um, I know Frank Herbert was like a teetotaler, but um, he was like, quote-unquote, into psychedelics. Oh, absolutely. Which, of course... uh, which of course comes through in uh, like most of his writings. God. But um, yeah. If, if you're like the Jason Momoa carrot song, you're in, like, you're upset that he died. Um, don't worry. Don't, don't don't worry. He'll be. <laughs> it's gonna get repetitive, actually. <laughs> the scene. It's, it's, it's gonna be so fucking weird. Like we get to June six, and he's the only fucking cast member left. Member. He's the, he's like fucking poor um. He's like, poor Robert Downey Jr. in the Marvel movies. Uh, no, no fuck, fuck calling out. Robert
0: Downey Jr. poor. He got paid $40 billion yeah. for Civil War. Yeah. He is perfectly comfortable.
1: Yeah, he could fucking retire off, like, the last Marvel movie he did alone. But yeah,
0: he's, he's still going to do Oppenheimer. <laughs> which, uh, fun fact everyone, I have now been cast in Oppenheimer. I haven't officially, uh, yeah. but at this point, I feel like I'm going to, because everyone and their yeah, fucking grandma is going to be in that movie.
1: That's going to be so fucking weird watching, like, Christopher Nolan's passion play, and it's about the atomic bomb. Here's
0: my thing. Is he going to glorify the atomic bomb in this?
1: Ah, uh, man. It's... I, I, I saw some... Promotional stills from the movie, and it looks like it's um, it's gonna be like one of the most black-pilled films. Yeah,
0: well, it, he burned his bridge with Warner Brothers. Fuck it. After fucking, have, uh, yeah, after he got mad I've, with how they released Tenant, he burned his bridge, and uh, yeah. yeah, you know what? I wanted to make the most black-pilled ever film ever, and then retire. Yeah, just say fuck it. it. I'm gonna go garden in Wales. I want to get out of here. <laughs> fuck it. John, yeah. my brother Jonathan Nolan is doing Westworld. You all hate that, so whatever.
1: Yeah, fuck okay. it. And he's going to, um, I think he's going to do a Fallout series next. Uh, which is either going to be, like, the greatest TV series ever made or just a total fucking disaster. Walt
0: Goggins is the lead in that, so there. Yeah, yeah, unless it's... he
1: stays on, there might be some <laughs> hope. Yeah, fuck
0: yeah. Like, yeah, but, uh, going back to, uh, to Dune here, uh, it's. Good God. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, my absolute fucking, um, interesting casting choice in this was, um, was fucking Oscar Isaac playing the, uh, the Duke. Oh, yeah, I know. Because, no. uh, He's really good because, in this. He's... Yeah, because... and his death scene? Duke, holy fuck. Oh, he's... Man, that's so fucking horrifying. Holy like, shit. The, the fucking biting the tooth and, uh... Yeah. of like... <laughs> The entire room just immediately fills of fucking air, Uh,
0: You know the the other the casting that got me was um, Javier Bardem because I actually forgot he was in this. I've totally like forgot. So the minute he shows up, I actually uh, gasped. I'm like, holy shit! (laughs) This movie has everybody.
1: Yeah the 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 Freben casting in this is so fucking weird because it's a mix of like half Spaniards and then Zendaya. Just, just yeah. pops up for about 30 seconds
0: I have no idea like, I feel, Was she a Disney Channel star? I, I feel old because I have no idea Where I know her from <laughs> I, I think uh, She's on that fucked up HBO show That Twitter yeah, won't yeah. stop reminding me Exists
1: The, the fucking like uh, Israeli funded Zimmer show that everyone loves for some reason I will say this right, right
0: now real quick uh, That last clip that was posted of the cops Shooting up the drug house That's what I was like. As someone who has no idea what's going on in a vacuum, I'm like, oh my god, what is this fucking show?
1: Yeah, this euphoria, like at the start, it seems like this dumb, uh, like almost CW type show, like Riverdale. And then you actually watch it, it's like, holy shit, this is something completely fucking dumb. I guess
0: being the son of Barry Livingston really, really fucks you up, man. I, I mean. I mean, I've se- we've all seen Sleepers. Jesus. <laughs> Holy fuck, man. That movie's evil. Uh, evil, uh. man. <laughs> and every time I see Kevin Bacon on like social media, I still think, I saw you in Sleepers, asshole. I know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you did, you cocksucker.
1: Uh man. Yeah, I need to rewatch that again. Levinson's such a interesting director, because 'cause he'll do like Men in Black, Wild World West, he's like dumb over the top movies and then he'll go off to do fucking sleepers he'll you know, do movies, he's like, working on those like the most fucked up movies I've ever seen. It's
0: fucking bleak. I rewatched that recently and was like I felt like like I had to go read Mice and Ben to cheer myself up after <laughs> it was over. It was like holy fuck man You know, and he'll do, like, Wag the Dog, which I've been trying to commission to get on this podcast. It's a movie of literally that, literally six months after it came out, the exact thing happened. The Monica Lewinsky scandal broke and uh, Clinton bombed Serbia. Oh, man. The exact fucking thing happened. It's... It's, dep- it's 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 amazing that like watching that movie with hindsight is is unbelievable
1: i i miss fucking 90s, like like low budget political dramas you, yeah. just, you you don't want to see them what, anymore
0: one of my favorites is uh, absolute power the clint eastwood film
1: oh fuck i don't yeah. know if
0: you've seen that where gene hackman plays the president it's kind of like an unintentional uh uh parallel to the donald trump presidency uh, the pro- Gene Hagman in that plays a fucking drunk psychopath who murders and rapes yeah, women.
1: <laughs> my, my favorite uh, fictional president still is um, uh, Martin Sheen in the Dead Zone. <laughs> fucking <laughs> Rose in that. I love Basically my Mine's playing Trump before Trump.
0: Mine's, uh, mine's Harrison Ford because he fights his war himself. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh yeah. The action president. The action president. Well, he gets <laughs> more shit done in that movie than most presidents do in any other movie.
1: We we have to do the Air Force One at some point because that's such a fucked up timepiece.
0: Oh, it is. It's like the post fall of the Soviet Union, and like it's Fucking like pre 9 11 though. Bush so you could still gone. it's pre 9 11, so you could still set your action movie on a plane, Yeah. and it wouldn't yeah. like like. <laughs> it's 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 such a weird yeah it's and gary oldman's great in it it's, the guy who wrote yeah. that has such a weird history because after that he wrote uh, end of days that movie where arnold schwarzenegger oh. fights the devil
1: I watched the End of Days recently, and I was like, this is not as fun as I, no. as I remembered it when no. I first watched it. <laughs> you would
0: think, yeah. like, you no. read the premise of that movie, it's Arnold Schurz, this is like an Alex Jones fever dream. Arnold Schwarzenegger versus the <laughs> devil. Like, and it's like this it's... deeply sour, uninteresting film.
1: Yeah, it's got a like a few fun set using oh, yeah. Gabriel Byrne Gabriel Byrne Burn is amazing, maybe Burn.
0: the greatest Satan in film history <laughs> uh,
1: nice sure. Yeah, and then he kills yeah uh, it's just such a fucking dry Baroque now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's not Devil's Advocate which is like the fun version yeah. of
0: it. De- Devil's Advocate's fun that's like a role that fucking Pacino was born to play yeah <laughs> That that whole scene where he's he's uh, Reeves is like, "What did you do to my wife?" And he's like, "On a scale of one to ten, one being dinner in a movie and ten the most sexually depraved act known to man, we got it on at about a
1: seven. It's fucking great. <laughs> it's great. If you cast him as the uh, the goddamn Paul in I
0: feel like at this point Pacino would do it because I watched House yeah, of fine. Gucci. I don't think he's gonna say no <laughs> to anything at this point. <laughs>
1: That was such a fucking disappointment. God,
0: him and Jared yeah. Leto were the only two guys on that set who knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. They knew what they had, and they used it.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 he gets the fucking uh, Razzie for it as well.
0: He got the Razzie?
1: Yeah, the... Uh, uh, Leto I
0: didn't read the... I, oh, okay, Leto got it, thank God. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about the Razzies, at least not for a long time. Yeah. They've never really been good. They're fucking... Their 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 worst pictures of the decade were Showgirls, Mommy Dearest, and Battlefield Earth. Only one of them yeah. is actually deserving of
1: that. Yeah, fuck that. I feel like Showgirls is like one of the most misunderstood movies for me. We have well, to do that at some point. It is
0: a thing. It's it's a great example of a director taking a an un a, a like a, a an unironic script and making it ironic. That's really oh, what yeah. it is, in the sense that like, it's you know you watch it. And there's like this, like like the, the disconnect between Joe Estherhouse's writing and the way Verhoeven directs it is fucking wild. Like seriously, like that scene where Robert Davi goes to Elizabeth Berkeley and then just turns around and like the music, and he's like, "Must be weird not having anybody come on you." <laughs> like holy shit! Like, uh, man. man, that that it was that year. He also wrote Jade. Which has one of my favorite uh, lines in movie yeah. history. J- David Caruso is in a fucking... He's going through a fridge. He's like, Cristel, Wolfgang Puck. It's a fuck house. <laughs> that is so great. That is like, one of my favorite movie
1: lines ever. It's a fuck house. Yeah. We need to do a Verhoeven fucking series. We have to
0: do like movies. a full Verhoeven miniseries. Because his fucking movies yeah. are unbelievable. But are
1: fucking great. But uh, back to June. Yeah, um, so, uh, final thoughts and um, what would you like? If there's like one, um, like scene from the book that you would, like definitely want to see and uh, the next movie, what would it be? Oh,
0: man, oh man. Uh, well, I want to see the weird Star Child ending. Oh fuck. That's it.
1: what I want to see.
0: Where when they go to the Emperor Chambers and then the kid walks in and kills the Baron, all that <sighs> shit. Happens. That's what I want to see because that whole sequence even. Like, the Lynch film has it, but I want to see it done, like, legitimately.
1: Yeah, but the uh, comedy sucks, the, <laughs>
0: the weird, like, comedy. yeah, the weird fucking shit going on. Ah, <laughs> oh,
1: man.
0: Oh, that the, it, the, lo- we gotta do. Actually, there's one line I want them to bring back for the the, the Dune Part Two. It's the line one of my favorite lines ever, is when uh, Paul asks him, "Like, do we have worm sign?" And the guy's like, Usen, we have worm okay.
1: sign. The likes of which even God has never seen. Has never seen." Uh, and... I fucking love Everett McGill in that role. Oh, he's, he's great yeah, in that he's movie. He's there for five minutes, but he's fucking great. He's
0: great in that movie. Like he really like, yeah. and I, he's one of those guys. He's legit having fun because he does. He's like, what? What? I'm playing a fucking
1: space <laughs> captain. Fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. I not having Patrick Stewart if he's like. Oh, pat yeah, oh, pa- Patrick
0: Stewart's dog. in that movie. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah.
1: Man, it's such a fucking like ensemble cast. Is like, Max von
0: Sydow in that? I
1: don't think he is. But Max von Sydow was there for about five minutes. Okay, because uh, I'm like, Jose I Ferreira forever is also there for <laughs> five minutes, <laughs> playing the god emperor. The was god emperor. That's actually great what casting. <laughs> oh yeah, it's fucking great fucking casting. He's wearing like the fucking straw van uniform and like, fucking. If, if you look at the behind the scenes the launch movie, like nobody has a fucking clue what they're doing. Like, no. For like, yeah, I'm, I'm playing the <laughs> emperor of the universe, and um, uh, <laughs> that's so fucking funny.
0: I love I love making of documentaries that are my favorite version of that is Die Hard Five. Oh, i'm not that. even kidding like if you can track it down it's called uh i think it's like a good day to die or something Jesus and it's Christ. as they go through it it covers the whole production the further you get into it the less enthusiastic the crew is with making the movie yeah it's a it's it's such a fascinating psychodrama <laughs> and you've got yeah, this you irish tell, director cause... desperately trying to like give energy to the set and save this fucking thing
1: yeah, I've only seen Die Hard Five once, and that's such a fucking like train wreck. That that's such a shame, right? It's a train uh, wreck,
0: man. But yeah, no. And, but, and
1: it sucks because it will be Bruce Wallace's last like big movie before he just fades into the old douche lock What? So, uh, but, real quick, uh, what's the scene you? What's the scene you want to see? Uh, put, uh, the the one thing that kind of annoyed me about um uh but the development movie was the lack of uh fade Ralph, uh, the sting character from um from the lunch movie because he's like one of my favorite uh antagonists from the book he's basically the evil uh paul like this maniacal little twink who fucking like minces around and kills people for fun yeah uh, there's a scene from um the book where it's basically he tries to um kill his uncle by having one of his male sex slaves, like, sticking, like, a hidden poison needle in his thigh, and he's hoping that the Baron, like, pricks his finger as he's harassing this poor sex slave, and the <laughs> Baron's like, what the fuck do you take me for? I'm not fucking <laughs> stupid. <laughs> oh, uh. I'm done, I've been through this fucking road rule before, you little dumbass. And <laughs> is like, Oh well, you got it. God, god
0: damn it i uh, fucking want to uh, see that so bad Dude, that whole yeah, it's, it's
1: it's not in the lunch movie but it's in the not very good uh sci-fi miniseries which we didn't talk about
0: which was i mean i think james mcavoy's and i never actually watched it
1: yeah he's in children of dune for five okay. minutes playing the uh the god temple one. jesus so, christ that's desperate casting good. Yeah, I, I think that was William Hurt in that decks, miniseries. Maybe. I think he might. Oh, yeah, be. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. William Hurt's in it. May he He's, rest. Um, may he rest in peace. By the way. Yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, by the way, what a great career. His first movie he ever did as an actor on film, Altered Fucking
1: States. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. My, my absolute favorite Bill Hurt role was still um, Kiss the Spider Woman. Oh yeah. Having fucking Rao Julia playing off each other and stuff. Actually, my
0: favorite, even though he's not in it long, is History of Violence, where he yells at his fucking edge, but is but like beaten up. <laughs> How uh, do you fuck that up?
1: And he fucking shoots him dead.
0: It's uh, such a scene-chewing performance.
1: It's fucking great. Yeah, it's fucking. He's... Yeah, again, he's only there for about five minutes. And... He chews
0: the yeah. fuck out of that scenery. He eats did he win the Oscar for that? I think he. I, I was nominated. I don't think he won. But uh, that's wild. But you know what? Yeah, it is a great performance. It is a fucking awesome performance. <laughs>
1: yeah, I haven't seen um, uh, History of Violence for a while. I need to rewatch it because again, that's like another very um, interesting book to. Uh,
0: yeah, Cronenberg uh, um, uh, didn't even know it was based on a comic book until after yeah. I think he finished shooting it. And there's a very yeah. infamous deleted scene where the most weird Cronenberg thing happens where Viggo Bordeson has a nightmare. Yeah. And like, he opens the chest of one of his victims. It's weird. Oh, it's, man. it's the Cronenberg scene, but like it was cut because I guess they thought, well, Cronenberg made a normal ass movie for once. Maybe. Yeah. Well.
1: For it once. That was, uh, Cronenberg's like first foray into like normal crime dramas. Like, yeah, I've just seen dead, I've just seen dead fingers. It's this body holder, yeah. like, body horror movie. Yeah, yeah, no, Greatville, and then he continued
0: that with Eastern Promises, mm. which fucking rules. Yeah, that no. might be my. Uh, we talked about that in our first episode. That's probably our favorite Cronenberg uh, film. That
1: yeah, fucking knows the scene where the uh like son is getting uh, pistol whipped in the shower for <laughs> not having sex
0: <laughs> the, the other scene uh, that gets me is the, fir- the the barber forcing the dude to slit the guy's throat and he's he's like yeah. it's so violent and the guy's like oh god come on motherfucker do it like <laughs> he's egging him on this scene is so fucked up and you just have this one dude like oh kill him <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's fucking crazy it's awesome watch his watch Eastern Promises
1: god damn it yeah. that's a movie recommendation June uh, in the eastern provinces man that's a double bill yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird double bill
1: yeah uh, well they're both uh, they're both from your homeland Canada so
0: well they the director uh, as I've said the, the Velleneuve is French Canadian and uh, God, ble- God bless him man <laughs> anyway j- join us next time
1: yeah join us next time for a regular um, episode however,
0: however the duke will die before these eyes and he'll know he'll know that it is i van vladimir harconen who encompasses his doom